Welcome to Sports, Pets, and Politics with your host, Ben Husso, and me, Sean Hannon. Welcome to episode 51 of Sports, Clicks, and Politics. Did you heard that question mark? I did. <laughs> I, heard, I heard the inflection. I'm Ron Burgundy. <laughs> Uh, welcome everyone to uh, episode 51 of Sports Clicks and Politics. We have another, uh, I feel like, informative show again for everybody here today. Uh, Let's celebrate getting kicked off YouTube day. Yeah, something like that. I don't know. Um, as you guys probably have seen, maybe by the title still there, uh, we're going to touch on a, on a topic that uh, has specific uh, instructions about how you're supposed to discuss um, ivermectin uh, on YouTube, on their platform, through their community guidelines. So we'll touch on that a little bit. Um how was your weekend? Good. I mean, I guess technically, we're, are we still in the weekend? We're because still of in the, the holiday weekend. weekend. Yeah, yeah, we're still in the holiday weekend. Or as uh, apparently Kamala Harris tweeted out, "Enjoy your long weekend." And you know, oblivious. Like, never mind about all those people that died. Um, no, it, it's been good. Uh, I've been working a lot. I gave my wife a couple of days off of the ice cream shop. Basically, kicked her out because she's been working too much lately. So I took over. Very noble of you. Uh, you know, it was either that or I was going to kill her. So it seemed like the lesser of two evils. Um, and then uh, just a quick word on Memorial Day overall. It's a great weekend. It's a good to have the day off. It's beautiful weather and everything else. Obviously, this one hits a little a little close to home. And just as you're out celebrating and everything else, specifically if you know of anyone who actually did lose a brother, son, father, daughter, mother uh, in, in service, then make sure to reach out. It's a tough day. It, it, it does. It, it's something that you always think about. And it's something that we tend to overlook, I think a little bit. And it's not a nefarious thing. I don't want to like act like I'm up on a soapbox. It's very distant. It's not something like we think about the guys in world war two and, and everything else, but it is something where it's just one of those days that you keep it in mind that like there are people and, you know, agree, disagree on the, the reasons for the wars, but People have signed up, and generally it's very good people that just want to do good work and, and want to serve, and some of them do end up paying just the uh, the highest price possible, and it's it's a tough day for their families when it comes up and something to think about and just reach out to, you know, thinking about you and, and hope all is well. Yeah, I do think that sometimes that gets lost in just the, uh, you know, it gets the the meaning behind the holiday gets lost there. So Right. And listen, go have a great barbecue. Go have fun. It's something you got to like sulk about all day and feel guilty. Go live your life. It's just take a day, take a minute. If you know somebody, put yourself in their shoes. Like if you lost your son or daughter in a war and then today rolls around, think about how hard that day is for you. So make sure you just reach out. Say, hey, thinking about you and I hope all is well. Yeah, very good. All right. Back to the show. All right. Um, did you catch any sports over the weekend? Uh, maybe the Indy 500 by a chance? No, I didn't catch it. <laughs> I did. I did. I, I turned. I watched for the first uh, uh, few laps of the Indy 500, probably more than I've watched ever my whole life. Do you know why? The reason oh, why? I know why. But uh, let's the, tell the folks. The Bitcoin car, right? So, um, I don't know. I guess there was a uh, um, uh, the Ed Carpenter Racing. I think is the uh, group. Love um, them. Yeah, and they uh, basically decked out uh, their car, and the car actually had pole position, which was nice because you got some early uh, airtime there. Love it. Um, let, let, let a couple laps, I think, For the folks who point. don't follow race car, what's pole position? That just means you're first in line at the beginning <laughs> um, of the race. God forbid Did you remember? Did first. you play Atari, pole position? <laughs> There's a pole there, Ben. All right. I'm on. I, I'm right. in. I just, like, admittedly, the entire... Again, I don't, I'm not a NASCAR uh, aficionado by any means, but I, think I, I've I, played watched... the, I played the video game a lot. 
together in my entire life, I think I have watched three laps of NASCAR races. Not Dan- uh, never was Danica races. Patrick in any of them. No, oh. no, it was I was at a party and it was for the Daytona 500, and I happened to be at this party for a family member, and it was on. And I was this like, is open oh, wheel, Ben. Cool. This is open wheel. You're awesome. talking about NASCAR. My bad. Big difference. Sorry, folks. Slacker. Sorry for all the but anyway. NASCAR so fans the Bitcoin car. I don't know. I don't know if the uh, people were saying that. Uh, uh, the Bitcoin car, because Bitcoin has kind of steadily gone up since the uh, start of the Indy uh, 500. So maybe there's been some uh, good karma there. So that's All fun. Right. But again, another merging of sports and Bitcoin, right? So we've talked about this a few times with some stadium naming rights, some uh, some local sponsorships. I think the Giants uh, there. Um, then we got these players contracts. And now the uh, it's dipped into racing. So um, I love onward, it. onward and upward for the uh, cryptocurrency, specifically Bitcoin in this case here. So um it hasn't been uh, good days for, for Bitcoin and cryptocurrency the last few weeks here. So this was kind of like a shining light a little bit, I think. I completely agree. I you, think it's awesome. Yeah. I love every part of it. Yeah, it was good, like I said. Um, also back in the news were some of the uh, our, our uh, blast from the past, or not too far past to go, the stocks were back in the news. So Game, GameStop and American AMC and GME both had a little uh, move. I think AMC I saw at one point was up like 150% or something close to that. Um, but I don't know. I don't know what this is. If this is just more, I, I don't know enough about the long-term like calls and shorts and all that stuff and how much of that is still being squeezed or not being squeezed. So I'm, I'm kind of lost in that. But they definitely had another pump here going on. I'm not sure if that was uh, people buying or uh, to cover shorts or just buying because they needed to put their money someplace. Standard disclosure. Yes, I'm a financial advisor. <laughs> None of this is financial advice. By, for the love of God, don't listen to anything I'm about to say right now and construe it as financial advice. These hands are diamond, baby. We're going. We're going to the moon. <laughs> we're holding all the way through. I love it. It's hilarious. Uh, I think there is still two things happen that, that generated AMC is really the one that's driving right now. It's the first time AMC and GME have really separated from each other as far as price movements go. And two things happen. Number one, some of these short calls, and there are still a lot of short interest on AMC. And please understand, rightly so. Like the company is so far in debt. And it's like, when are they going to make money? Is this, is this possibly true? I remember seeing something and then I couldn't find it again, but it said that the net worth of AMC at one point, this was, it was worth $13 trillion, but it had $11 trillion in debt. Is that possible? Yes. $11 trillion? I, they, I don't know if it's $11 trillion. I thought it was it, When I read it, I was like, man, that seems like a, a gigantic number for a yeah, company. But like go they, ahead. They owe so much money. And it's such a, like the business model is not a guaranteed work. So there's legitimate reason to short the stock. But the flip side of all of this is that the CEO, I don't remember his name anymore, came out and he's basically embraced all of this. And he says like all the Reddit bros and all these guys that are on uh, individual investors came out was like, yeah, they're going to own the company and I'm on board. It's fun. It's cool. Let's go. And he always does like these veiled hints to them. Like all the guys on Reddit call themselves apes and gorillas and stuff. So he starts talking about gorilla movies in an actual call with investors. It's hilarious. So basically he's turned into it and all these Reddit guys now are in turn of like, I'm going to own it. And it's, it's, think about a better marketing campaign than that of like, yeah, go buy the stock. I want to work for you guys. And you the funniest thing still to me is when you have to read like Financial Times articles on it and they have to quote these Reddit dudes by their <laughs> Reddit names. And it's the funniest thing in the world because it's like an official sounding thing and stank dad bod 42 says this is the short interest. Yeah. Well, oh like I said, God. it's it's down a little bit from, uh, I think it got 
pretty close to maybe it's all time highs or there, thereabouts 36 something now it's down about 26 here GameStop it's a 222 I got those right above my head there Ben don't take a look I won't I'm, I'm fighting the urge good um, but I don't know again back in the news I thought that was interesting that they kind of kind of had this rebound here um, somebody did put it out on Reddit that said hey Hedgies we're coming for you if you get out now you might survive but we're not stopping and like you watch it, it's kind of true. Of like if you, and even Jim Cramer came out and was like, if you're still short AMC, you're an idiot. Like You have to close that position as soon as possible because these guys are not stopping. They are coming for you. That's fun. It's, it's great. That's fun. I mean, it's bad because it could basically like collapse the entire financial system, but still, if you take that so. part out of it, like, the inevitable collapse of our financial right, right. system. It could rush it up fast. It's just, yeah, it's just, just shortening the wick. I love the way that we say that and just move on. Like, I think everybody knows the financial system's going to collapse and everybody's like, oh, okay. Speaking of collapse, Jeffrey Epstein, I don't know. <laughs> so did you get this? So I'm going to read this uh, first. Uh, I like, love this podcast <laughs> so much. So, so good. Um, so I'm going to read this uh, because the implications, I think, are gigantic here. Um, and uh, let me just read. Um, from the Daily Mail, some of Jeffrey Epstein's alleged co-conspirators are set to testify against Ghislaine Maxwell. In her trial later this year, court documents suggest. Prosecutors said in a filing that material for the trial includes any co-conspirator statements, uh, a major sign that one of the Epstein's inner circle has turned state's witness. Mr. Hughesong, will there ever be a trial for Ghislaine Maxwell? No. <laughs> and will any of these so people bad. test, will any of these people ever, with this information ever become part of a uh, public dis- disclosure i guess no because the trial's set in november yeah lock can we happened. get there can we get there no, there's no <laughs> shot this is coming to light there are too many people that want this covered up to ever have it come to fruition yeah it's i mean you know this is what everybody wants they just want somebody who saw what went down and tell the truth and get that information out there. And the first person they got uh, conveniently was suicided. Um, the second person they got is in jail right now and wants to be moved to general population to be safer. <laughs> Think about that sentence. She's requesting she's, to go to the general population because she'll feel safer. She's a terrible human being. I mean, um, obviously she's horrific. So was he. And some of these, and you know, touching, we touched on a little bit of the, the case in general, but some of these co-conspirators, you know, were, also recruiters, which you can look down upon them for them, but I, you know, they could have been groomed into that position. Right. Like the 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 depth of this, you know, destruction of these lives. Is, oh my god! Is is unbelievably, you know, almost planned out. As in, like, again, he, this is. I guess it was planned out because he's doing it for decades. Right. Um. I I want there. I wanted to disagree with you and say there's going to be a trial, but oh my god, I want to say yes just so I can manifest it into existence. Like I want. Uh, that's where I'm at right now. I literally want to have like just put out such positive vibes for this that I can will the trial into existence. But the practical, rational part of me is saying, no, nah, there's just too many forces against it. There's too yeah, many people that don't want this. Yeah, I mean. I, this has been going on for so long and you know, this is the pinnacle of information we got and it's pitiful at that. So listen, at the same time, I also would have told you that if you had asked me 10 years ago, if I knew about this, is Jeffrey Epstein ever going to actually come to prison? I would have said no. Right. Right. No, there's no way. There's too many people that don't want it. I would have said the same thing about, they're not going to find Jane Maxwell because they don't want to. Yeah. That's the reality. So hopefully there's enough forces for good in the world that have enough clout and enough power to get it done. Yeah. Before, they die themselves from right. whatever. There's just too many. There's too many things happening right now that 
that make me uncomfortable about the idea. I would love nothing more than for all of these disgusting, dirty deeds to be brought to light. I admittedly don't want to read any details whatsoever about this, but it should be public. This should come out, and these people should have to live with the public shame and all of the punishment that comes with it, and any prison sentence is, is not enough yeah. for what they have done. So, yeah, I mean, Jeffrey Epstein's recruiting a 15-year-old or a 14-year-old girl from a poverty-stricken, broken home and then grooms her into recruiting. How mad am I at this girl for recruiting? Like, what option did she, like, what choice did she really have? Yes, I get she had a choice all the way along the road. But when you get somebody that young yeah. and that vulnerable. And some of these, I mean, some of those recruiters were recruited as adults. And it's hard to, you know, it's hard to say at what point, you know, I don't know if they have blackmail on them and how this, you know, I, it, it, there's, there's so many layers that it could be. So it's hard for me to. I just want the information, and then I'll, I'll, I'll assess it at that point, I right. guess, right? I don't so think like there's going to be a black and white line between, right, like, at right. 18, it's fine. I, everything is a case-by-case right. case business. Absolutely. But either way, like, it's got to stop. Like, the fact that, do we think that there's no new Jeffrey Epstein? Do we think that there's not somebody doing that now? That yeah, it magically I mean, just stopped? I, I'm assuming if there was a demand for it that somebody's going to try to fill it. So I, The vacuum is there, generally somebody, and it ain't going to be somebody more benevolent than Jeffrey Epstein. No. I don't think, I mean, I don't know if you could get worse, but we're going to find out because I'm yeah. sure there's somebody doing it now more efficiently, more ruthlessly, and with less, um, I don't even know what. I, yeah. I, I, I came close to paying Jeffrey Epstein a compliment there, which I just don't have in me. All right, well, let's move on to a better human being. Hunter Biden... Uh, his laptop has come surfacing again. <laughs> his his laptop is the gift that keeps on giving, I quit. right? Oh my god! Let me read this from the uh, this is from the New York Post. So, Hit me. Um, well, for, I'll give a little bit of background. Then I'm going to read this uh, part of the meeting. So, uh, <clears throat> Joe Biden met with Ukrainian, Russian, and Kazakhstani business associates of his sons at a dinner in Washington D.C. while he was vice president. Records on Hunter Biden's abandoned laptop show. So. This dinner was April 16th, 2015. Sure. Let me read this, scroll down the, the uh, uh, article here. <clears throat> the guest list prepared by Hunter three weeks before Cafe Milano's dinner included Russian billionaire Yelena Buterina and her husband, corrupt former Moscow mayor Yuri Lushkov, uh, who has since died. Uh, Buterina wired $3.5 million on February 14, 2014 to Rosemont Seneca Thornton, LLC. Ben... Do you know this company uh, based is co-founded by Hunter and Devin Archer, the former advisor to uh, John Kerry? That's so weird. So do you think that the $3.5 million wired to uh, Hunter and Devin Archer had anything to do with this uh, meeting? Is that wrong? I'm just saying. I mean... Why is this not... <clears throat> I mean, I know why, but... You know the answer. It's still... The fact that this Hunter Biden connection to hit the current president and the business dealings of this family is not mainstream news is one of the biggest miscarriages of, uh, miss or missed responsibility of the media that we're going to talk to more later, but it's, it's gigantic, right? I mean, this is, this should be being talked about everywhere. It's talked about nowhere. The Bidens are what the media accused the Trumps of being. That's that's the simplest way to put it is the Bidens are now I'm not saying the Trumps were innocent by any means like there was definitely nepotism and um, yeah, but they only had four years to do it right. This right. dude's had 50. Right. And so the Bidens are like the perfected version of what the media was accusing the Trumps of being of if you honestly believe that this Russian millionaire billionaire 
wired $3.5 million to an LLC held by Hunter Biden and his best friend or consultant and business partner. When, by the way, there's other emails where Hunter Biden acknowledges that he's giving access. He, that's what he does. He gets access to the big guy. So then this Russian billionaire pays $3.5 million to this LLC for consulting services, and then they get a meeting with the vice president of the United States. And you want to say there's a legitimate reason behind that? And this is remember Biden didn't know anything about his son's dealings, right? Obviously. This was this was his this was his claim the whole time. He's like, well, I'm sure he was doing stuff, but I don't know anything about this. But clearly, that's not the case. I mean, listen, this goes right in line with when they had the Chinese company that bought the uh, the United States nuclear manufacturer, and Barack Obama signed off on it, even though Hunter Biden was a member of the board of the Chinese company, and then the Chinese company ends up getting caught stealing classified nuclear secrets uh guys it's a pattern this is not like uh, it's inexplainable by uh, any other means this and is like i said i you know i don't know that if this is just being dismissed because the it's coming from hunter biden's laptop and they just won't even admit that story still kind of so obviously there's layers to this and we've talked about the his uh relationship with china now russia i mean it took us 14 months Ukraine. for the media to acknowledge that the lab leak theory of covid might have we're gonna some, get to that i know i know i'm gonna i'm gonna this is foreshadowing it took 14 months for them to acknowledge despite overwhelming evidence that it might and not only just not acknowledging it dismissing it calling it debunked kicking people off of social media sites for even saying yeah, it. shutting it down so you tell me how long is it going to take when the media summarily dismissed the idea that Hunter Biden's laptop could be legitimate, even though it unquestionably was, how long are they going to look the other way? My yeah. guess is a at long least, time. At least, yeah, at least. Until it's rammed down their throats. This is my objection to the media that we have today. The media is a joke. All parts of it. You're a joke. Because you have a responsibility that are, is so imperative to the functioning of our country to hold these people accountable and responsible. And... By and large, they have abdicated that responsibility so willfully and so quickly in the name of popularity, clicks, and tribalism. And like I said, I, we talked about this before, but I, the 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 what the Trump phenomenon like just honed it into exacerbated. Yeah, it, just, yeah, the it just made it so, and but it made it so obvious too to anybody who was not you know sucked in that there was just a a concerted effort to make sure that he was delegitimized at every turn. And even if he was right by default, listen, I'm guessing that Trump wanted to blame China any which way. If he got any bit of information that it was a lab leak, he was going to tell you it was a lab leak and scream it for, for as long as you would listen. Right. Correct. Whether or not he knew he was right or not, he, he maybe he care. knew, maybe he didn't know, but it doesn't mean he wasn't right. And the right. fact that he was, that story was, you know, uh, or anything that had to do with him, and some of the times it's not even, you don't have to mention him by specific name. You can just generally kind of refer to that, those people, his administration in some vague way. And it just becomes, oh, we should just dismiss discussing about that because it's coming from that shadow, whatever. Um, it's, it's doing a complete disservice to the truth, which is really what it's boiling down to. And we don't have any way to get it. It The problem is that it used to be, you could, you could excuse it. You could, if you were in the media, you could say, we didn't know whatever else. And, this is the problem. Like, we don't have any of the resources that any member of the national media has. We we don't have sources. We don't have. No, we're in my back bedroom. Yeah, we don't have budgets. <laughs> like, we, like we're just doing this on internet searches and and Google. Like, and well, not Google. Like Duck Duck Go and Twitter are like are the primary sources. Yeah, yeah. 
and we're able to find this not even as a full-time job, as a, as a hobby that we do in passing. So we found this much with zero resources whatsoever. That, and like I said, it's getting reported in some news outlets, don't get me wrong, but they get dismissed because they're politically, you know, the one side doesn't want to give any kind of credence to the other side. So right. they can be dismissed as, oh, that's just the right wing, that's just the left wing, and the, you know, they, the, the truth wing actually gets left to basically flailing in the wind. Yeah, so, there is no truth wing no, anymore. It's zero. all nonsense. And like, look, this is a problem because the guy is the president of the United States and he has a 40-year track record of blatant corruption and self-dealing. 40 years of this. And everybody wants to be like, ah, riding with Biden and Aviator Joe and Lunchbox Joe. Shut up. That's not who he is. He is as corrupt or more than Donald Trump. At least Donald Trump's corruption was in private business. I don't care. That doesn't affect me. If Joe Biden had worked in private industry for the last 40 years and been this corrupt, I wouldn't care. It's a private business. It doesn't matter to me. Whatever you did in your private business is up to you. I just don't have to support your business. This guy's been in public office for 40 years. Hunter Biden is out there selling access to I don't even know if you want to call them enemies or opponents or rivals of our nation that are undermining our nation and what is good for the people here. And he's selling access to China, to Russia, to the Ukraine. Again, he was on a board of Burisma making $50,000 a month. I saw it up to 83000 now. So. 80, when people on the ExxonMobil board, those stewards of freaking good corporate governance were making what, five? Maybe 10. Like, ExxonMobil is one of the most corrupt organizations in the entire world. And even they don't have the balls to pay somebody $83,000 a month for access to a politician. That's how blatant. This is the level of corruption where they look right at you and just say, because F you. And we have a media that is supposed to be there like firefighters running to a flame. We run to a story. Shut up. This is a story, but you don't want to do it because on the off chance that the rest of the little boys in your clique and the little girls in your clique are going to look at you and be like, yeah, but that could that could bring Trump back and that could legitimize him. If he's right, he's right. There's enough that he's wrong about. There's enough that he's an idiot about. There's enough that he is surely just bad about that you could focus on. Acknowledging that he's right by calling Biden corrupt is not a problem. It should be what everybody is doing. Yeah. And like I said, I think I went back to what we were talking about just two minutes ago where you know they couldn't get they couldn't if they had covered the hunter biden laptop story in real time there was a real shot that that was going to take down biden's chance of Trump winning would right? have won right. in a landslide right. so um because it, it, it's so corrupt right it's so blatant it's they're not even bothering to hide it anymore like it's all coming out this laptop is real it doesn't matter if you don't want it to be. I'm sorry if that hurts your feelings, but it's real. I watched Hunter, Hunter Biden getting a foot job while smoking crack. You can't unsee that. I didn't so, know that was a thing. Well, he's a he's a trailblazer. Um, speaking of the media and or, I guess, uh, censorship, uh, did you hear the latest from Project Veritas over the last few days? Uh, no. Facebook whistleblower. Oh, boy. Morgan. What's his name? Morgan. Um, I'll pull it up here in a second. Zuckerberg? Here, but I, no, no, oh. no, no. So he released some documents basically showing that Facebook has a secret vaccine hesitancy score on their users. And so posting anything even as simple as, um, hey, uh, if you're healthy, you probably don't need the vaccine 
will get you a score. Uh, would you get you a knock on this on your vaccine hesitancy score? So Project Veritas says uh, this guy at least has now been suspended. He came out kind of anonymously first, uh, and now has uh, come out publicly since he was dismissed. Um, and let's see, I know his name is Morgan. I think it's Common. I'm gonna stick with Zuckerberg. It's not. I don't care. Winklevoss. Um, it's not Winklevi either. Oh. Um, so let me read the first part of this uh, New York, another, another New York Post article here. Facebook is reportedly trying to silence COVID-19 vaccine skeptics by using an algorithm that targets and denotes or demotes their comments on the site. The latest in big tech's woke censorship push. Now, this is again from uh, the New York Post here. Uh, two anonymous Facebook employees leaked internal memos to Project Veritas that purport to show that the social media giant has tested a beta version of its algorithm to track down vaccine hesitant users. So basically, they're, uh, yeah, all your posts about the vaccine were basically hidden. As I, 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 somebody had actually joked and posted on some things like your your VA score must be whatever, and I was like, I don't even know what you're talking. At the time, I hadn't heard about the the the, the whistleblower. So, um, yeah, I'm sure my score is high, uh, and I'm not even that. I mean, I'm anti-vax in a sense that I don't think healthy people probably needed to do this thing. They probably should have been targeted to the elderly and the uh, vulnerable. I think, I don't think that's crazy, crazy talk either. So, um, I'm sure I'm anti-vax in many people's uh, camp these days, but I will, if that's your definition of anti-vax, then whatever. I call it pro-science. Yeah. I, whatever. Like I said, I, it's, it's just a distortion of what the, what the the facts are and people can, you know, words matter and whatever they're using are, are clearly not, not accurate. This is my favorite conversation i shouldn't say i didn't have this conversation anymore. i don't even talk to people about it anymore because it's just gotten too repetitive redundant and just i don't depressing i guess for lack of a better word of like no i don't want to get the vaccine the reason is pretty simple i'm 36 my vitamin d levels are very high i am in good health i have had so many exposures to covid19 for prolonged periods of time that I, like the idea that I am at all susceptible to it is hard for me to grasp. Like I would have had it by now. I've, I've been exposed regularly. So the odds of me getting, getting very sick and or dying with this are very low. Whereas with the, with the vaccine, same thing. Like you could pretend like there's not adverse effects happening, but that's, that's just willful ignorance. There are adverse effects happening. Now, does that necessarily mean the vaccine caused them? No. But it's still a risk. Like, there's still the risk that it is. That is real. Doesn't mean automatically that it is, but there is at least the potential that it is causing these problems. So, all right, I, what's the upside to me here? I don't, I don't understand. Well, we don't know. I've, I've had it. I have natural immunity. Well, I don't know how long that lasts. Well, we don't know how long the vaccine immunity lasts either. Well, what about variants? Do we know what the vaccine does for variants? Because so far, everything I've read says it does nothing and you need to get a booster shot. Okay, well, we don't know that that would be true of natural immunity. Right, I'm willing to bet, because again, this is the conversation we had a few weeks ago. The science is not changing. The science has indicated that natural immunity is very strong and very long-lasting for over a year. Did you see the bone marrow study? Yes. It basically said you had a lifetime immunity? Yes. So, I mean, here you go. And they still took that study to say, but if you get the vaccine too, it's even better. Like, you don't know that. Like, you're seeing studies with 13 people. That's that's a legitimate study that's being done. That they Most of them have the, this immunity in their bone marrow. Like, your body is an amazing creation, invention, natural occurrence, evolution. I don't care what you want to call it. Your body's amazing at what it can do. So I got a virus that I am at a statistical 0% chance of dying from. I am at a statistical 0% chance of spreading to anybody else. 
and I have a vaccine where I don't know what the risk is, but I know it's not zero. And I know it's under emergency use authorization. So for the love of God, stop telling me that we know it's safe. No, we don't. It's yeah, but probably safe. I, I know I, people I said I got, I got, I've been labeled anti-vax, but I'm actually just anti-pro-propaganda vax, right? The whole push for the vaccine was in, is, is crazy to me. Yeah. Like, it doesn't make any sense. Like I said, we should have been targeting the people that needed it. And that should have been it. Like this whole idea that we needed to maximize the amount of vaccine to these people. And as you point out, uh, basically statistical zero chance of, of going to the hospital or dying from this disease is crazy to me. And we're still in the middle of it. I mean, there's still promotions going on. I mean, I don't know if you saw that New York's got their scratch off millionaire thing going on. California's got a lotto now. They're going to give out like $5 million. Yeah. New York, Cuomo's giving away scholarships to SUNY I schools. I mean, this is ridiculous. So, um, when, when people say I'm anti-vax, I'm anti that. I'm anti the idea that you have to sell this so hard to people who don't need it. Yeah, and, I, listen, I'm also, what I'm adamantly opposed to is the vaccine for children. Like, that makes no sense whatsoever. We know children don't spread it. We know they're not at risk from this. Like, this has been known. Again, maybe it'll change. Yes, but it's not what any of the data right now is indicating. It's not what any study coming out is saying that, like, yeah, these new variants. I, I saw the one study that said this variant seems to make children sicker. Well, what's the effect on mortality? Well, none. Well, what's the effect on spread? Well, none. But children get sicker. Okay. Sorry, that's not enough for me. I, I mean, listen, realistically, right now, we are doing dosing studies on children of this vaccine. A dosing study, by definition, is to find out how much a child can tolerate. Guess how the only way you found out what a child can tolerate is? You give them too much. Then you know where the limit is. They got kids that are six months old in this study. This is disgusting. Like, this is so wrong on so many levels, and they have scared the crap out of people to the point that parents, and I'm not talking about, like, idiots, dumb people, anything else. You're talking about doctors, scientists, and people that are, like, on board with all of this are literally signing their children up for this. I'm at a loss. Like, I, your child is at no risk right now whatsoever. Now, if the science changes, okay, we'll talk. But right now, all the variants and everything else is indicating that the children don't spread it, they don't get it, and asymptomatic spread still is not a thing. The asymptomatic and presymptomatic spread together are less than 1% of all instances, well below less than 1%, well below 1%. But we're still acting as if this is a real thing that, that is spreading, is driving spread, and we're doing all of these stupid actions in response like we're going to talk about these other treatment options in a minute there are existing ways of treating covid right now that are exceedingly effective why aren't we hearing about them why why does the vaccine the only way why when they're talking about the vaccine are we not also counting people that have t-cell immunity if it if at worst case scenario it's very similar protection why are we not counting them as we're trying to get to this threshold of certain amount certain percentage of people protected yeah because they don't want to they want a protected community they want a vaccinated community that, right and guess what it, do you think it's a coincidence that johnson and johnson moderna and and all these other companies are raking in billions of dollars over the last couple of months on this like guys the vaccine is not free it's free to you well the government is paying for it right so these companies are getting paid they're making all kinds of money and now let's just go down this rabbit hole so now the upside is you're going to need a booster shot every time there's a variant huh I wonder who would be incentivized for, as a company to sell a booster shot every single year at a minimum 
that you need to get to the new strains of this lab-created virus. Weird. Jeez, I mean, obviously just a coincidence again that that's how this is tracking. And you brought up the lab-created virus, so that's a good time to kind of transition. So your boy, Joe Biden, your president, and your boy, Dr. Fauci, both have called for uh, investigations in, into the uh, origins of uh, corona or COVID there or SARS-CoV-2. Um, but the data and the mounting evidence is that it was a lab-created virus, uh, and all, all signs point to the Wuhan Institute for Virology in Wuhan, China. Um, wait, wait, wait. I'm sure it's from the bats that are 800 miles away from Wuhan that, I mean, with no cases in between. Uber can get the bats there sometimes. Hey, Uber. Yeah, obviously. Um, so Hang on. On this, yeah. did you see the thing out of uh, it was The Sun over in England dropped an article that said there's a, there's a study being released. It's under peer review right now. It's an uh, English scientist and a Norwegian scientist, I want to say, went back and looked at everything. And they have said it is irrefutable. Now, that's their words, not mine. And it's still up for peer review, So, but like, let's listen to the scientists. This virus was created in a lab. And then it was manipulated by the people that created it to cover their tracks. Yeah, to make it look like it was a natural occurrence. They went back and tried to make it look like an... And, and the, in the article, they said, these guys have been saying for over a year, the evidence is overwhelming. And it was not irrefutable, but the evidence was overwhelming that it was created in a lab. Like, with the way the spike protein fit, uh, the way that the virus came about, the fact that they can't find the transitory animal, all of these things adding up... They're like, look, you're you're playing. Did you see for this. Fauci before he asked for the investigation? Did throw out the hypothesis that there was it was transferred from an unknown animal that we haven't discovered yet. Oh my god! <laughs> it's becoming so hard to tolerate this guy. This was like a week ago, so but. that's the. <laughs> but still, this yeah. is my horses versus zebras thing. Right. Like I'm in the Midwest and I hear hoof prints and I'm thinking, well, I know if zebras are around, then lions are nearby too, and it might be zebras. And I can't be. I can't risk it because it could be zebras. It could be, and that means lions. Because wherever there's zebras, there's also lions. Like there's so many things wrong with that thought process, and that's what we're doing right now. These are not dumb people. These are very smart people. So you have to ask yourself, what is the reason? What is the explanation? And I don't know. I hope. I pray. I hope it's a money grab. Because if it's anything else. It is so nefarious that I can't wrap my brain around it. I, mean, I don't want to think about it. The money grab is part of it, regardless, right? It just Obviously. was. Was there was there was there more to it than just the money grab? Was it just a money grab? Right. And whether you want to acknowledge it or not, this. All right. So let's. I shouldn't say this with certainty. Let's have some level of humility because that's what I ask of everybody. In some level of objectivity, overwhelmingly likely. Like if you were going to play the odds, and I said bet your life savings, it was either created in a lab or it occurred the way they said it did from a bat to an animal we haven't all discovered my Bitcoin yet. on the lab. What's that? All my Bitcoins on the lab. Thank you. All of it. Because that's over. You'd be an idiot to go the other way. It's, it's like if the new, uh, it's like the Tampa Bay Buccaneers are going to play against OCC's football team and you got to bet on it. Is there a chance OCC could win? Uh, maybe. But if I made you bet your entire life savings, who are you going to bet on? I mean, the, no un- disrespect the, un- to OCC. the unknown species. Right. Like, this is insane. Uh, yes, you could do it, but it would be you're betting with your heart, not your head. And so yeah. looking at all of this, here's the reality. We funded this lab. We funded this research. Dr. Anthony Fauci approved funding for this lab. It's not even a point of debate any longer. Like, for him to come out and say no is just a lie. 
There's paper trail. Yeah, he's just parsing his words, right? He's saying, oh, you know, he basically said they weren't doing gain-of-function research and then described gain-of-function research. Right. He said, like, well, it wasn't gain-of-function research. Well, They were just helping a virus. Like, uh, yeah, like, I'm sorry. If it walks like a duck, yeah. swims like a duck, like and said. quacks like a duck, it's a duck. So you're trying to get into, the, like, mincing words. This is like reminiscent of, well, it depends on what your definition of the word is is that's what this is that's the level of duplicity and dishonesty we're seeing he did it he funded it and now he's trying to cover it up and all these people have like this hero worship and even the people that know he's wrong still want to believe like he's a good person because they are vested in that and they're like I, I think he's doing his best but the media misconstrues his message and i think that's true to some extent but i also think he is a sack of shit Excuse my language. He is a terrible person. I don't believe him anymore because there's so many things he could have done differently. There's so many things he could have done that would have been reasonable, that would have been smart, that would have actually helped people. Why have we not been told since last March, take vitamin D every day. Take somewhere between 1,000 and 3,000 milligrams every single day because it's promising. Why have we not been told, all right, after April, get outside and get fresh air? Because obviously the virus doesn't live there. That's what all the evidence is indicating. Why are we not told as of last May, hey, guys, this virus is aerosolized. It's very small. So you can wear a mask and it might help a little bit. But if you wouldn't do it with a mask, without a mask, don't do it with a mask. That would have been reasonable. Why are we not told, hey, guys, the, the kids are not spreading this. Get kids in school because the, the ramifications are so bad of it off. Why were we not told? Hey, guys, this was definitely created. It, it looks as if this was created in a lab. This, this is too perfect of a virus. It's too uh, ideally cut for this to be naturally occurring. It's just so unlikely. And you know what? We did approve the funding of it. Here's the reasoning why. But we, we, we tried because we thought we were helping. But obviously, it didn't work on this case. All of these things. And now let's go and find out what we can do to treat this thing. Because obviously, they're going to have a lot of data on it at the lab where it was created. Like, all of these things could have happened. And none of them did. And, and, why, and then we'll get into the next part. Yeah. And so, well, I, I want to transition to that. I, I, I lay blame at the media, right? So this is, again, we touched on a little bit uh, talking about the, the, the Hunter Biden story, but this is the Trump said it, so it can't be true. Right. Not that it isn't true. It can't be true. They have to find any plausible argument against it to pop up and prop up in place of it and cannot again, give any legitimacy to anything that Trump said. There was clearly a coordinated effort to, 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 to again, delegitimize the president and to hurt his reelection campaign, and it was coordinated. And like I said, the, the, from big tech to the, um, the, the traditional media, legacy media, whatever you want to call them, it was, they, they were lock and step together and basically, obviously, deplatformed a bunch of people who were, were, were giving additional information or alternative information to the mainstream narrative. And I think that this Wuhan lab leak is a shining example of it. And we're going to get into another one, I think, that is almost similar uh, in the COVID world. But the, the media just basically dropped the ball in everywhere right it wasn't even like it literally almost everywhere there was very few mainstream legacy media types even fox news for a point that was giving any kind of credibility to anything there was like, like a couple reporters or maybe one or two on fox but even them were basically delegitimized trump delegitimized trump delegitimized trump and they pumped up the virus to make sure that it wasn't a hoax right so when trump trump didn't really say it was a hoax he basically said that it's, uh, it'll what, burn itself out he said that 
when the the me- this is the new the media's new hoax, basically referring to that they had the Russiagate thing that they basically tried to get him on. They couldn't do that. They couldn't get him on the Ukrainian impeachment thing. They couldn't get him on that. So they were going to pin this COVID to him because he basically said it, w- it was their thing, right? And the media did everything they could to make sure that the virus was a thing, and they did it. And you know, we talked about the money grab. It got to a point where people could profit off it because people got to the point where they were scared. And again, we talked about the the, the failures of the media. All they had to do was just find the truth as opposed to find, you know, maintaining the narrative. And maybe we would be a completely different place than we are right now. I think that if you only blame the media, it's letting too many people off the hook. The media bears a large portion of the blame. I don't disagree with that whatsoever. We also need to blame Dr. Fauci, Joe Biden, Donald Trump, the CDC, the NIH, and the NAID. And I don't know, China? Maybe? Sure. Like, but I, and, I, and I agree, all those, uh, they're, they're more to blame for, the than the media. But the media is supposed to catch that stuff, right. right? The media is supposed to be like, hey, look over here. These people aren't doing what they say they're doing. Right. And that never happened. It basically let whatever they wanted slide, like the Hunter Biden's laptop, like the, the lab leak. They let that stuff slide right. in order to maintain a traditional narrative that turns out to be not true. So they basically lied and covered up on behalf of all the people who did all the terrible things that you're, you just named, all of them, from Dr. Fauci to China. All those people deserve the blame. <coughs> Excuse me, but I blame the media for not not trying to find the truth. They wanted to, again, they just wanted to maintain what they had built up, uh, this preconceived notion that Trump was an, an idiot and that he was destroying the country or that he was racist or whatever their narrative was. They were going to do everything they could to make sure that he was not going to be president again Truth be damned. And here we are, you know, whatever, 14 months later on top of this thing. And it's turning out more and more things that the media just basically let slide. I, I agreed 100%. And look, and one other thing I forgot to mention before, we have known since, I think we talked about it on the show last April, there or last May maybe, there had been five studies done from across the world that said somewhere between 20 and 60% of people appear to have pre-existing immunity. To, the T-cell in the bone marrow immunity, they could never get it, they're never going to get covid how many times has Anthony Fauci talked about these people? Like, if your mission is truly to prevent the spread of this virus, why are we not talking about that? Why have we not been saying all along, like, look, it's not enough to say it's mostly older people, but there is some risk to younger people. Lay it out and say, look, it's overwhelming that this is going to affect old people or people that are sick. That's it. Everybody else is at a very minimal risk, but you're at a small risk for spreading it, so be smart. And if the response is, well, I don't know if we could trust people to just stay home if they're sick. Well, we had no problem ordering people to stay home whether they're sick or well. We had no problem with that. And again, the asymptomatic spread, it's not enough to say that it's not common. Uncommon implies that it's like a, uh, you know, not all the time. No, it is less than a half of 1% of all cases of spread are asymptomatic or pre-symptomatic. Why are we not informing the people? This is Anthony Fauci's job. So, yeah, no, I'm, I'm over Anthony Fauci at this point. I'm not on the well-intentioned public servant being led astray. I'm over it. Nope. If you were serious, I don't know what his ends are. I don't know what the, I, my guess is he's on a take. My guess is he's got a vested interest in these pharmaceutical companies getting all this money. That's my guess because they're going to help fund the NIH or whatever else. Like, he has absolute power in that realm. In the gain of function, in the lab remember, research. And we didn't touch on this really, but he basically lifted the gain of function ban unknowingly to the Trump administration basically in 2017. It was never a ban in the first place. It's only a ban if it's enforced. Like, you could apply for an exception and they approved every exception. Well, sure, sure. I get. I under, totally understand that. But they didn't have to worry about that anymore, right? right. They could literally just kind of say, okay, we're going to turn this back on and go direct funding. And and this, is, this idiot is vaccinated in front of Congress 
taking a mask off, turning his microphone on to answer questions, and then putting it back on. Like, that's not how masks work for an aerosolized virus. What are you doing? You are a scientist. You are a doctor. As, as, this as, is theater. As Dr. Paul uh, pointed out, it was theater. So It's all been theater, and that's my problem, is you actually really negatively affected a lot of people. You ruined people's lives. You destroyed people's businesses. People committed suicide. People relapsed that didn't have to relapse because you had to keep this facade up that you were some kind of a good person and well-intentioned. And you were wrong. Listen, even if you were well-intentioned, the time for you to acknowledge how much you got wrong came about a year ago. Roughly a year ago. We, we, we've we been talking about this for a year. We are two idiots with a podcast. Neither of us has a scientific degree. Neither of us has a lab coat. I don't think either of us worked in a lab ever in our life. I got one semester of biology 101 at college. Maybe we're just lucky that we've been right this often. Maybe that's it. Or maybe this is what the science has been indicating all along. And we've been actually reading it and going, what we're doing doesn't make sense. And then getting called dangerous for spreading misinformation. Yeah. And like I said, all that's, and like I said, we've, we have asked this question is, is, you know, why are we doing everything so different this time around? And that's, that's still my question, you know, and we talked about the money grab and we hope that that's it. Um, And so I think that's a probably good place to start with our uh, headline topic here. Um, yeah, if you think that we're just going crazy and like th- that maybe there's something to it, wait till you get into this part. So, Ivermectin um, has gained a lot of, uh, it's been talked about for months here um, as a treatment, and there has been scientists talking about this for months as a treatment. Now they're starting to get some results back from real life, uh, uh, two countries, specifically India and Mexico, where they're using Ivermectin uh, prophylactically, um, and, tr- and treat and treatments. So if you have symptoms, they're, they're giving it as well, but they're treat, they're pr- primarily using it prophylactically, prophylactically to minimize the, uh, uh, severe effects of COVID and they're having, they're having success. Uh, YouTube says we're not allowed to talk about the effectiveness of ivermectin or hydroxychloroquine, um, in their community standards. I did a quick search. I see there's a bunch of videos about ivermectin on YouTube, so we're going to keep going. Um, if they kick us off <laughs> with our massive audience, that would be the funniest thing in the world I guess, to me. I guess I'll take it. Um, <laughs> but so, again, and I've been trying to kind of uh, uh, get up to speed a little bit, too. I, I listened to the Dark Horse podcast. Are you familiar with the Dark Horse podcast? It's from Brett Weinstein. Brett Weinstein. Um, and he's, his co-host is also a scientist. They're both evolutionary biologists, I believe. Um, he's been on Rogan. He's the one whose podcast about six months ago, or he was on Rogan, basically asserted that the lab leak hypothesis or was a thing and probably the more likely of the two origin uh, scenarios. So was the equivalent of horses instead <laughs> of zebras. <clears throat> exactly. So he... He's been out in front of some of the, you know, the, the, the misinformation or the lack of reporting on some of these issues. Um, and the one he's talking about now, too, and I found it very interesting, was the use of ivermectin. Um, the, the one thing I want to point out to everybody here first, and this is kind of like for context, the vaccines were rolled out, as we've talked about her many times, under the emergency use authorization. So basically, they didn't have to go through a bunch of uh, FDA trials and uh, uh, regulations to kind of become to market, right? Uh, so, but one of the, yeah, one of the stipulations for them, for on. the, yeah, go ahead. Hang on. So what that, in legal terminology, every virus, car- every vaccine carries a risk. So they do very in-depth tests to find out if it's safe. 
and they have to do them for years and find the long-term effects and make sure everything's safe, and then they do it. But they, the government will grant emergency use authorization when the potential benefit outweighs the risk of side effects and negative consequences happening. So the emergency use authorization is temporary. It's only supposed to be granted in cases of a grave emergency where, hey, I know we don't know everything yet, but we can't keep going down this path. Right. So the, the potential threat of the virus is so great that we have to release this untested, I shouldn't say untested, not fully tested vaccine, and we have to allow people to use it so we can save lives. And, and there's some criteria that go along with the enactment of this uh emergency use authorization. And one of them is there can be no known FDA approved uh, treatment. So, which is why there was a significant pushback, uh, hydroxychloroquine, um, and now this ivermectin. And there's another one that I've uh, come familiar with in the last couple of days. Uh, it's an antidepressant drug, and I'm going to fluvoxamine and fluvoxetine, I think it's Prozac and something similar. Um, Sounds fun. Yeah. Uh, those are anti-inflammatory. They have like anti-inflammatory properties. So they have been shown to be effective in treating COVID prophylactically and as a treatment as well. Um, but this ivermectin has been around for decades and has been proven safe in pretty much all age groups, including kids. Um, billions of doses administered. I think they have 12 deaths, they think, tied you know, loosely to this and basically 12 deaths out of billions of doses is basically statistically insignificant. Not bad. <laughs> Great actually. Um, and it's, just very cheap. It doesn't, it doesn't have a patent ivermectin. So there is no, uh, uh, it's basically heart guard for dogs. You can, uh, I don't know, <laughs> run into Petco after this. Yeah, it's, well, it's a, it's a, for, I guess it goes for against the worms, right? So like, uh, um, it's a, uh, antiviral, um, actually, I heard it described as an antipathogen, which was kind of interesting. Um, a broad spectrum antipathogen, which would be interesting, again, because it's so cheap and readily available that this could be applied en masse to uh, folks in need, uh, again, ahead of time, prophylactically, to keep hospitalization, hospitalizations and deaths down. And that's exactly what's happening in Mexico and India right now. And they're seeing significant benefit from the use of ivermectin. Delhi in India. Ivermectin was begun on April 20th. Daily cases dropped from 28,395 to 2,260 on May 22nd. So that's one month and a 92% drop in COVID cases in one month. After a steady increase for months, they introduced Ivermectin, 92% drop in cases. Uh, Adar Pradesh, Follow the guidance of the All India Institute of Medical Science. Also started using on April 20th, 2.2 milligrams per kilogram of body weight for three days. Their cases dropped, not quite 92%, but about 85. 85% drop in cases in a month from the use of this drug. And yes, I know correlation does not mean causation, any, uh, has there been any trials done, Sean? Any, any randomized controlled trials? Uh, I Ram believe they've been, uh, ivermectin has been studied for, again, decades. And uh, do you know who used to own, do you know how that, uh, Merck. uh, ivermectin actually won a Nobel prize? I did. And, uh, again, Merck, and maybe you can fill in anything that I leave out here, but Merck was basically the original, uh, owner. Merck is a pharmaceutical company, by the way, a very old one, a very successful pharmaceutical company. And they had the patent rights to ivermectin for as long as the patent was, uh, uh, 
alive for, I guess. And uh, I think it expired in 1996. So uh, Merck, Merck was asked about its effectiveness for COVID and uh, basically shot it down and said it was uh, ineffective and unsafe, even though they had used it for decades uh, at, at when it, when they had the patent rights. So uh, go back to your, your India thing, but I just wanted to kind of give a background on no. it in general, that it was, <clears throat> this, this drug has been out for a long time and has been shown to be effective for a long time and safe for a long time, and it's sitting on the shelves. Even if you want to say it's not effective. I mean, you, no. want, to, you want to chalk all this up to correlation and no causation, it just happens to be. All right, first off, okay. Uh, I mean, that's a heck of a coincidence, but all right, fine. To say that this is dangerous, is that's where the tell is. That is where you are acknowledging your true colors of who you are. Because by saying that this, by saying hydroxychloroquine last year, by saying these things were in any, any shape, way, or form dangerous is so disingenuous that it's laughable. Like, guys, this, these are not dangerous pharmaceutical drugs the Merck has the opportunity but the, you want to know why Merck's against ivermectin now guys because they don't have a patent on it anymore it's open source so anybody can make it and they don't get to make money guess what Merck's doing right now trying to create a drug to cure covid so you ask what's their interest why they why they don't want ivermectin because they can make more money by coming up with some other treatment that's why and these you want to look into pharmaceutical companies if you want to see the face of pure indifference to human suffering start looking into pharmaceutical companies Look at what their real real goals are. And it, it's to make money by profit, by treating illness. Not to prevent it, not to cure it. It's to make money by treating illness. Um, the evidence is overwhelming. And it's not that it's uh, you know a miracle drug and nobody gets it. It's that in most people, I believe there's been like 10 or 15 RCTs done on it with COVID. And in all of them, it shows somewhere between 80 to 95% reduction in COVID. Like, this stops you from getting it. This stops you from getting spreading it. And this stops you from dying. It's positive on all sides. Now, it doesn't mean everybody, but it's an effective treatment. So, if you were in the camp that said, I really, really, really want to sell vaccines and make money, the first thing that you need is you can't allow the FDA to approve any treatment. Because if they do, you don't get emergency use authorization and you got to go through all the trials. Yeah. And like I said, I'm reading, I'm just coming to an article right here. There's like, there's zero chance that they would, uh, you know, they would be able to pass a level four trial in 2021. So basically these are all would have to be done under the EUA. And again, having a, 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 a an effective treatment basically would halt the, the emergency act immediately. And all that stuff would be gone overnight. Right. And so here's my, again, even. Let's say that you are of the camp that says there's not causation. Why would you not want an immer- immediate RCT? Do you know who's not funding a study on iver- ivermectin right now? Me? Uh, well, I don't know, but I, you weren't on the list, I guess. Okay. But I, I, the NIH or the NAID, neither one are have a, a, a current study going on for Weird. ivermectin. Convenient? Weird how that works. Now, listen, it's the equivalent of... Taking aspirin when you have a heart attack has a huge impact on your likelihood to survive. It doesn't mean that you're guaranteed to survive if you take the aspirin, but it's a very effective medication that helps for multiple reasons. This is very similar of, you know, it's not a silver bullet. It's not, it's not the equivalent of, I guess, another good example. It's that you wear a condom. It's not a guarantee that nothing's going to happen, but we still recommend them for a reason. Like, because they work. So ivermectin has been shown, proven conclusively 
to have at least some positive impact. Yeah. And as conclusively, no risk. There's no danger of taking ivermectin. And speaking of that, like, so Africa has been using this as an anti-malarial prophylactic for a long time. And they, you know, they basically had their own real life studies just because of different countries' uh, regimen and how they did this uh, uh, prophylactic against malaria and stuff. So there are countries who use ivermectin into the, you know, before and into COVID, and those have significantly less hospitalizations and death rate than the countries that did not use ivermectin. So there was this study in theory that was just happening just because of the, the, the way that these countries were using ivermectin ahead of time. And we got to see how they actually handled COVID and they handled it better than the countries that weren't using ivermectin. Yeah. So th- there, even though there's not a, uh, you know, a study that people are going to point to immediately there, there, other countries have done studies on this. I mean, the United States is like, I think there's right now there's 70, I read 70 current studies being done on ivermectin and only seven in the United States. So and like trying to find those out. are being done at the University of Minnesota, which yeah. is the same university that tested hydroxychloroquine, but did it where, number one, they gave it on day 14 and then claimed it didn't work. And then they did another one where they didn't even test people for COVID and then started treatment uh, like like a super dose or something like that. Like such flawed studies that even a non-scientist could read it. And if you had any basic understanding of what the claims were, you would have gone, uh, guys, <laughs> this isn't the question. So uh, forgive me for my hesitancy out of anything coming out of the University of Minnesota now. But and here's the thing. I'm not even sure hydroxychloroquine was a very effective treatment or if it helped at all. I don't know. The problem is. But yeah, we're going to find out with that. We never found out. Like you didn't even ask the question. That's my issue is that you designed the test in a way to make it fail. You're, you're in on it. I don't even know what it is, but I don't trust you anymore. And like ivermectin, what's the downside? Yeah. This was my thing all along with hydroxychloroquine. What is the downside? Of taking it. What's the downside? Yeah. Like I said, the, the, the safety, you know, history of this drug is safer than aspirin. So. Right. And the countries that used hydroxychloroquine had lower death rates across the board. Now, I think if I'm understanding the science right, and I might be wrong about this, I might prove prove wrong. My, my understanding of hydroxychloroquine was it had no impact on spread. It had no impact on symptoms. It had no impact on your likelihood of getting it. It just meant that if and when you got it, you were statistically less likely to die. And so, and, that I, was it. I, and they have found a, what do they call it, a, a, a mechanism that actually, how it could be effective for ivermectin. It basically binds and limits the activity of the spike protein, which is exactly what is causing the, the, the binding to the cells. So, so it, it, there is a mode of right. mechanism to work, and it has some results in real life that you can point to, and it's safe for decades and billions of doses. This is where ivermectin is different than hydroxychloroquine is that ivermectin appears based on the data right now to actually stop the spread, to stop you from getting to a case where you are spreading the virus e- to other equally, people. Equally, if not more than the vaccine. At least as much as the vaccine. So this is my confusion. Like, welcome to this world of just utter confusion where he and I will talk during the week and we'll send stuff back and forth. And every time it ends with the same question of like, what in the world is happening? Because it doesn't make sense. Like if you, it does make sense as long as you start with the premise of these people don't actually care about helping people or stopping the spread of a virus. They don't care. They they have a different end. I don't know what that end is. I hope it's just a money grab because anything else is beyond my capacity to understand. Um, but that was the difference was hydroxychloroquine. And if you look at India's death rates over all the last year, it's really interesting. 
Because when the studies came out that said hydroxychloroquine is bad and everybody needs to immediately stop using it, India's survival rate of COVID plummeted. And then the N, uh, the AIIMS out of India came out and said, yeah, we're not following the World Health Organization. Start treating people with hydroxychloroquine right now. The mortality rate plummeted. So the survivability rate went back up as soon as they started using it again. Same thing happened in Sweden and a few other countries that started using it. Their cases never altered. It had no impact on the spread. But it was their their survivability rate literally went from like 97% down to 76%. Or I think it got down almost to 50% at one point. And then immediately started using hydroxychloroquine. And it literally went like a V and went right back up. And it's been above 97% all along. Even right now, you're hearing about how bad the spread is in India and how COVID's so terrible in India and it's ravaging the country. And it is. I'm not dismissing that. Their survivability rate all along has been somewhere between 98.5 and 99.2%. So they're doing something right on the treatment. And now that they're using ivermectin, now the cases are plummeting by 90%. Like, guys, this is real data that we can look at. And you want, you want me to trust Anthony Fauci has my best interest in mind when he's ignoring this and telling everybody to get, this, get the vaccine and then covering up any, like, it's one thing to say the benefit outweighs the risk. It's another thing to say there are no risks. Those are two very different statements. Yeah, like I said, I, and again, I think this is, and I'm going to tie this back into the media thing that we talked about with Hunter Biden's laptop and the Wuhan leak. Like, where's the media on this? Like, it, there is information out there. I mean, you know, Brett Weinstein is not some nobody. Like, he's a, no, he's a genius. Right. I mean, he's a well-known person, and even if he just says something, you should be like, okay, that's interesting, especially with the ramifications if he's right. And he's got, you know, there's Dr. Corey, Pierre Corey is another guy who's yep. really uh, into the ivermectin. Um, if you check them out, I think it's the Frontline COVID Critical Care. Uh, I think they have a YouTube page and a web page. They do a lot of really good work on uh, these alternative treatments. Um, and really what they focus on is early treatments like ivermectin, like hydroxychloroquine. Um, and they talk about um, the antidepressant drug uh, fluvoxamine and fluvoxetine. Tell the story about that, about what happened at the actual oh, the psychi- Yeah, so th- this kind of became aware. So the they didn't know that the antidepressant was going to be uh, beneficial in the treatment of COVID. Obviously it's an antidepressant, but apparently it has anti-inflammatory properties. And so there was a psychiatric uh, uh, clinic that had much of the doctors got sick, but none of the patients got sick. And they thought that was obviously weird since they were interacting with each other. And it turns out that the anti-inflammatory nature of the fluvoxetine had protected the patients from COVID. So they didn't have any hospitalizations or deaths from the patients at all where they had uh, more severe sickness and, and symptoms coming from the doctors who were working with those patients. See, that's the type of thing where we say, so the evidence indicates. That's what we mean. Like, that's not conclusively proven, but that would indicate that there's at least some benefit to this. And, and that's the thing. Everybody's waiting around for these, all these, you know, peer reviewed things like, okay, well, if, you, if, if it's safe and it shows even a hint, like why, I'm what is in. the problem? Listen, it, I got young children that are one day going to go old and we're going to have to have that birds and the bees talk. And you know what I'm going to focus on when we talk about that? Number one is wait. That's my, that's my biggest advice. Number two is if you're going to do it, use a condom. Now, you know what I'm not going to say? Well, you know what? They have like a 1.2% failure rate. So it's really not worth trying. It's probably not going to be the talk I give. It's probably going to be something on, hey, do all of these things that you can do to make it safer. That's it. 
Like, it's not going to be, and, and we're not doing any of that. Like, we have these treatments, we have these prophylactics that, sh- that show very positive results with absolutely zero risk. And you're like, um, okay, now there is stuff coming on, coming out with the vaccine now that we don't fully understand it yet. You can say that there is, it doesn't appear that there's any negative side effects. Fine. It's a very different sentence than saying there's definitely nothing bad that can happen. Here's a reality on all vaccines. You don't know how your body is going to respond when you put something into it. You could have a negative reaction to ivermectin. It's just exceedingly unlikely. Even regular vaccines, some people do get sick. Some people do have very negative reactions. Their body doesn't respond well to it. It happens. We take vaccines for the most part because if we're informed on the subject, I shouldn't say it that way. That's a bad way of saying it. But if you do some research, like I've looked into this before. My kids are all vaccinated because I think the benefit outweighs the risk. That doesn't mean there's no risk. I understand there's risk of getting vaccinated. With this vaccine, the benefit does not outweigh the risk for me. If I was 80 years old, I might feel differently. But there, there are some instances, and again, I, I'm going to be careful how I say this because I don't want to say that it's automatically linked or there's a causal relationship that's been established. There hasn't been. But we have had people die shortly after getting the vaccine, kind of a lot, a troubling amount. We, we have had people have fertility problems, and we have had women postmenopausal start menstruating again. It's happened. We have had women miscarry at a... a I don't want to say necessarily a higher rate, but there is some coincidence of women do seem to be miscarrying um, and there's anecdotal stories and there's correlation. Doesn't mean causation. Um, there, there are instances of young men, especially who get the vaccine, having cardiac problems like it's happening. Now, none of this means that it's automatically linked, but it also means that it's not no risk. There is the potential for something bad happening. And we're, we're seeing instances of it. And this is where we'll go back to the media. My problem with the media is they don't talk about it. Like we heard about every single story of somebody dying with COVID, even if they were 24 year old and dying in a motorcycle accident. But now the flip side's here and we can't even have a conversation on, hey, um, he just got the vaccine and then they he actually died. stopped tracking cases after vaccine. Well, they track- changed the way they, they track them. Well, yeah. So, like, it. if you or I without a vaccine go, I mean, don't don't forget everybody, I'm vaccinated. So just when you see me out, just remember. Um, but let's say I wasn't, and I wouldn't get a get a test. If I test positive as a vaccinated person under 28 cycles on the PCR test as as a vaccinated person, then it counts. But if anything above 28 cycles, I don't count. But if I as an unvaccinated person go get tested and I test positive at 40 cycles instead of 28, I count. That's wrong. Like, oh, well, we know what we're looking for, and it's only these ones that matter. I agree with you. My thing isn't that you should be counted at 40 cycles. My thing is that nobody should be counted positive at 40 cycles, and nobody should be counted at all unless they have symptoms. Like, we don't test people for the flu unless they have symptoms, unless there is a specific reason. Like, I had exposure to somebody with the flu, and I'm going to see my grandmother in a nursing home tomorrow. Cool, I'll let you have a flu test. If I walk in off the street and went to my doctor and just said, hey, doc, I'd like to get a flu test. And my doctor goes, why? Like, I don't know. I just want one. And she was like, do you have any symptoms? No. Cough, fever, headache, stuffy throat? No, no, I'm good. Everything's fine. I just want to, I just want to take one. She's never going to let me have one. Why do you want it? Are you going somewhere? Are you going to see somebody vulnerable? No, I'm going to hang out at the house. Maybe go to the store. No doctor is giving you a flu test in that circumstance. Why is this so different? Oh, asymptomatic spreads a thing. No, yeah. it's not. Everything was different. 
Everything was different. <clears throat> I don't have answers. We're just going to keep asking questions. The other thing on ivermectin and yeah. hydroxychloroquine, if, you, if your argument is, well, it's going to give people a false sense of security and they're going to abandon all the common sense measures, why don't you pull your mask down and say that again? If you want to talk about something giving you a false sense of security with absolutely no upside, pull that mask down and let's talk about it because then we can get into those studies. Yeah. So spare me your righteous indignation and your moral superiority born of ignorance. I don't want to hear it anymore. I'm done. I'm just, I won't even engage with people on it anymore. I don't want to talk about it. I don't want to hear about it. Leave me alone. Because if you have your child wearing a mask outside, I don't understand you at a human level. I, I do. And it's either that you are so uninformed or you just are done and you're just going along with it now. Like we had, a, there's no mask rule anymore. There's not, not in New York state. There is no mandate vaccinated or unvaccinated outside of specific areas in mass transit. Everywhere else, it's not a differentiation. And yet our youth baseball league just had to send a reminder out because parents complained that the kids were not wearing masks while playing baseball outside nine years old, 10 years old kids. Like, yeah, I, what? Listen, we've, I guess we've, we have a lot of scrambled brains in the world and uh, we've hit full stupid. Yeah, no, it's terrible. So um, I don't know. Again, we'll just keep doing our thing. Keep asking the questions. Keep finding out information where we think that you guys need to be informed about. And if you get into a conversation and you're trying to cite this stuff and you want the information, ask. We've got it all handy. We can share all of these data, all of these studies, all of these articles. It's all publicly available. We don't have a secret algorithm. We don't have like a secret stock of only our research. This is all publicly available information. Yeah. If you want it and you want to share it with people, ask. We're more than happy to send it over. We'll do for sure. So... Well, on that note... Or just uh, check Sean's Facebook page because most of it's up on there. Yeah, right? if you can find it. Unless I'm banned. <laughs> I, haven't, I haven't figured it out yet. I'm Your sure my Belgian hesitant score is uh, uh, off the charts here. So. I'm sure mine's actually good because I just don't post about right. it. No, I'm right, just done. <clears throat> like, I'm yeah. out. I, this is why I love this so much. This is my outlet. Yeah, all right, that's good. It's good. It works for us. So it works for the audience. And on that note, uh, if the audience can uh, give us uh, a like and a share on this, uh, that'd be great. Uh, be subscribed to the channel. Uh, hit that notification bell and you'll be notified when we go live. And... Uh, until next Monday, uh, uh, this is Sean and uh, for Mr. Hughesong, we thank you all.